This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome everyone. This is the 550th episode of the Tech Guide podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me once again. My name is Stephen Fenning. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, AI-powered Bing search and Edge browser is now open to all. Smartphone shipments continue to slump around the world. Who are the winners and the losers? And Nokia has released one of the world's toughest smartphones. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Samsung Galaxy A54 5G smartphone. Anchor launches a portable power station, and Jura has a sweet new coffee machine that can add flavors to your brew. And we'll answer all of your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, we're going mad for AI lately. AI is everywhere. And of course, what really got all our juices flowing was the introduction of chat GPT. Do we remember that from a few months ago? Uh, This is a company that actually is uh, supported heavily by Microsoft. Microsoft invested more than $10 billion into OpenAI, the company behind chat GPT. And what we're seeing now is this incredible integration of the technology into Microsoft's products. And the products that we that are now open to all after a successful limited preview is Bing, the search engine, and the Edge browser. So they 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 were in in closed limited previews before and they for the last three months, people select people were given access to to the preview, and now that's all over. It's now been switched to an open preview, which means users no longer have to sit on a waiting list. They can jump in and use it right now. Now the this is this is a big deal because it really does put Microsoft's services, their platforms, it puts them at another level. Now, search is something we're all used to, but what Bing has managed to do is to take that search, make it a bit more conversational. Not only that, they're also moving from being just a text-only search engine to a search engine that offers more is more visual with, with images and videos now appearing in the search results as well. We've seen that with Google, of course. Google, they often put up a lot of video in the results because, hello, Google owns YouTube. So naturally, they're going to throw YouTube YouTube into the mix as well. And you got to remember, YouTube on its own is the world's second largest search engine because a lot of people just jump on YouTube, type in a search second only to Google itself. But Bing is uh, moving up the ranks here. They've had a very successful launch here with their the AI-powered version Recently, there was a Windows 11 update that had the Bing AI-powered search engine right there in the taskbar. And uh, if you haven't done that already, run that update. Uh, it, it, it came out in about two months ago. 
So if you haven't done that already, that's all you need, by the way. If you're a Windows user, all you need to do is sign in to your Microsoft account. So sign into Bing with your Microsoft account, and then you'll be able to use the new Bing AI platform as well as the new AI-supported Edge browser. Talk about that in a moment. But this is a big change to the way we do things. And part of the change is the the ability to create these powerful language models like we've seen with the, the chat GPT. At the moment, uh, OpenAI's GPT-4 is the is being used. So imagine the power of chat GPT alongside Bing's massive search index. So the results you're coming up with are not only current and accurate, but they're also conversational. So it's like, it's like a, a, you're talking to a buddy giving you these search results. It is a huge way, a huge difference uh, for people, uh, a more useful way of finding information. The, the other thing we're going to see too is, the th is third parties jumping in because they want to have the ability to build on top of the platform's capabilities to help people to take their queries through to resolution and to complete tasks. So you can just imagine companies using AI for various services, customer services, and it now being able to provide that completion all on its own. The other thing that they was that was introduced to was the Bing Image Creator. So that allows you to create both written and visual content all in the one place. So it does really put everything in a in a it's a one-stop shop now that's powered by AI. The other new announcement is that Bing is expanding to more than 100 languages. So you just imagine it's not just for English speaking users, it's for everyone. 100 Languages are now going to be supported. Now, the Edge browser has been totally redesigned. It's given a new streamlined look. It's got these rounded corners and these semi-transparent elements as well. But another feature that was requested uh, recently during, during the closed preview, the limited preview, was the ability to access your chat history. So not only can you share and export it, you can even go back to older chats and dig deeper into a previous result. So you're getting more out of something that you already asked for. So you can go back and do a little, go, go a little bit deeper into that previous result. You'll also be able to now move these results, the chats, to a new sidebar on your Edge browser. So imagine at your fingertips there, you've got all those chats, everything's within reach, and right, right there while you're browsing as well. So very, it's put it at your fingertips. What else is coming in the next few weeks is a, is a product or feature, I should say, called Edge Actions. Now, Edge Actions is, say you, you're looking for a, a, a bit of content, a movie or, or a video or something, Edge Actions will not only go out and find it for you and it'll show you the options in the chat, in the sidebar, but it'll also play that content from where it's available. So say you want to watch a movie, and I think the example they've, on, on Tech Guide, the image of this example is uh, the Batman, so the film, uh, the recent Batman adaptation. And so what you can do now is just by asking for it, it'll know, know to, know, not only go out and find it, but then play that content from where it's available for you. 
say, for example, you're a Netflix subscriber and it'll then know, okay, it's going to play it right there and then. So all you got to do is just ask for it. It'll find it and then play it for you right there. What's also on the way is a third-party plugin for the Bing chat experience. So this is developers are going to be all over this. They want to create all these, these new experiences within their own apps. So they want to a they want to transform their their experience their apps using AI, and that that's what that's what Microsoft is allowing them to do thanks to this thanks to the kit that developers will be able to access to create these AI powered new and exciting experiences within their own respective apps as well. There's another another the the Bing Chat experience. One example is the ability to book a restaurant for dinner using within the Bing chat function. So what it will do, so here's where the third-party app developers can leverage the power of AI. So we'll take the example of booking the restaurant for dinner. So what what if you ask, so right, I Bing, book me a dinner. So this will access the open table app and help you find a restaurant and make the reservation all through that. So Again, the bolt-on AI capability will make the these already powerful apps that you have to use use with your with your fingers, let's say, on a, on a device, can now be powered through AI just by asking for it. So it's really it's it's it reminds me of like any Star Trek fans will will see whenever the Captain asks for information, the computer just answers just by you asking just by the, the Captain talking and asking a question. We're getting closer to that reality in in this setup here, and uh, Microsoft, to their credit, are, are way ahead. Google's as they've got their AI, their AI model is called Bard, B A R D, another another name that that was another name given to Shakespeare. Uh, but initially, they had some hiccups early on. There was uh, some dramas in the in the teaser trailer for for Bard. There was actually a mistake that people spotted. So what's the old saying? You only get one chance to make a first impression, and unfortunately, Google's uh, their their impression with Bard wasn't the best uh, early on. They are, of course, playing catch up and and are, and are making some solid advances. But Microsoft appears to have the jump on them here. Bing is uh, is growing thanks to these these AI capabilities, as is the popularity of the Edge browser as well, and it's all to do with AI and. They're two letters you're going to be hearing over and over and over again because they're turning these these formerly mundane and and plain features into these vibrant, exciting new features with these amazing capabilities. So keep an eye out on that. If you want to read more about that, check out our, our the screen grabs as well from from the announcement. So you'll see Bing in action the Edge browser, all those features we talked about, you can check it all out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, smartphone shipments, are there, there are a little, bit of, a little bit of news around this. And since COVID, there seems to be a bit of a slump setting in. And the latest figures we've, uh, we've obtained from Omdia... This is their their uh, quarterly report. We're seeing that shipments are still stuck in a rut. They're down twelve point seven percent from last year, and one of the companies that took one of the biggest hits year on year was Samsung. 
in the in the meantime, Samsung, while they've they've they take a they they're down by eighteen point three percent, Apple has remained fairly steady in in this these tumultuous times. Now, in the first quarter of twenty twenty three, there were two hundred and sixty eight point five million units shipped, according to the Omdia smartphone preliminary shipment report. 268.5 million units. Now, that's a year-on-year drop of 12.7%. And the level will be 0.1% down from the previous quarter. So from Q4-22 to Q1-23, it's down 0.1%. But Q1-23 compared to Q1-22, 12.7% drop. Now two of the biggest manufacturers that 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 had the biggest declines were as I mentioned Samsung and Xiaomi. Xiaomi don't do a lot of business in Australia but they do in the US and in China and Samsung dropped 18.3% while Xiaomi dropped a massive 22% year on year. Now despite its 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 slump, Samsung is still the number one manufacturer had the most shipments in Q1 23 with 60 million shipments. Now this is a 3.2% rise to compared to Q4 22, but it fell short of the rise it saw in previous quarters with its annual Galaxy S release. So these figures show Galaxy S 23 didn't quite sell as many as Galaxy S22. Uh, and as I said, Samsung still remains number one, but its lead over number two, which happens to be Apple, that lead has shrunk. Now in Q1 2022, it had Samsung had 18 million more shipments than Apple. Now in Q1 2023, that lead has dropped to just 3 million more shipments. And that's why Samsung's market share has also dropped from 24% to 22%, but they are still number one. Now, Apple, as, it's, as, as usual, they had a fourth quarter spike. The reason for that, of course, is they released their iPhones in September, late September, and naturally, that final quarter is when their shipments go gangbusters. Now, they did have a spike, as usual, in Q4 2022. But since then, the shipments have actually gone back to normal levels. Now, Apple recorded 57 million shipments in Q1 2023. That's 23.5% lower than Q4 2022, but a 0.1 increase from the same quarter in 2022. So year on year, a 0.1% increase from Q4 2022 to Q1 2023, 23.5% lower. But Apple actually increased its market share year on year as well because every other manufacturer's shipments had dropped. Apple increased its market share from 18% in Q1 2022 to 21% in Q1 2023. Now, Apple could have gone a lot better 
But there were some disruptions at the Foxconn plant in China in December last year. And as a result, Apple was unable to meet their supply their supply quantities for the Christmas sales season. And that really had an effect. So it's because some of Apple's production was carried over to the first quarter of this year, that that was the result. Now, to to clear those major markets, inventory in major markets, the company had to actually, they, they conducted a promotion to lower the selling price of the new iPhone, which is something that they very rarely do. But it seems this price promotion, uh, it, it, it was a strategy to lower the inventory to prepare for to try to restart the sluggish smartphone market that was that was expected in the first half of the year. And the most popular models, of course, was the iPhone 14 series. The Pro Max sales volumes were the highest, uh, followed by the Pro, just the standard Pro model. Now, Xiaomi was the third-placed manufacturer behind Samsung and Apple, and they had 31 million shipments in Q1 2023, a 22% drop, though, year-on-year, and an 8.1 drop uh, from quarter from the previous quarter as well. The other Chinese manufacturers like Oppo and Vivo also dropped, but not as much as Xiaomi. Xiaomi took the biggest hits. Oppo, they dropped 2.2%, and Vivo dropped 11.2%. Oppo recorded 27 million shipments in Q1 2023, Vivo 21 million in the same quarter. So there appears to be, we're not quite back to pre-COVID levels when it comes to smartphone shipments and demand. I think also just the state of the economy, people are holding on to their phones longer. You think about it, the phones that were released three years ago were pretty good and that people are hanging on to those same devices and not not deciding deciding not to buy the, the latest and greatest. So that's a result, as, as I, I guess, the rising cost of living, interest rate rises around the world, not just in Australia. So we're seeing people being a little bit more frugal with their tech spend, and, and one of those uh, devices happens to be the smartphone, as those figures showed us. If you want to read more about those figures, you can take a look at the table. Interesting reading when you take a look at them. You can see all of that at techguide.com.au. While we're on the subject of smartphones, we are talking a fair bit about smartphones. Our, our first review product is the Samsung new Samsung A54 5G smartphone. But Nokia has come to the party with a brand new XR21 smartphone. Now, why? What does? how is this set apart from the rest of the market? Well, I'll tell you this. This could be one of the world's toughest smartphones. The device is proof, has proof of everything, drop proof, dust proof, waterproof, and they're saying it even has a two-day battery life. Now, how many of you have got the dropsies and are a bit scared every time you drop your phone, you're scared you're going to break it? So this is ideal for you. That is a very sturdy, rigid phone that's not going to, that takes a fair bit to break it. Now, according to the Nokia's research, 62% of Australians have dropped their phone and smashed the screen. Is this you? Are you part of that 62%? I'll tell you now, and look, I'm going to touch wood here because I don't want to jinx myself. 
in I've been using a smartphone, an iPhone or a similar type of smartphone since 2007, and I have never broken a screen. I've dropped my phone. I've been lucky. It hasn't broken, but uh, my record is still intact. And again, I'm, ta- I'm touching wood. I don't want to jinx myself. That I don't want my luck to end here. I'm very careful with my phone. I've always got a case on them, and I look after them. But in the case of this new Nokia XR21, you don't need a case because this thing is built tough. So, uh, the, and the thing, the thing with people when they smash their screen, get this: that the, on average, if if a, a user smashes their phone screen, they put up with it, the broken screen for up to four months before they decide to get it fixed. Is that you as well? Are you, do you think, oh, I'll, just, I'll just put up with it for now. Either you haven't got time or haven't got the money to get it repaired. That, that is on average four months. I couldn't stand if, if If, and I say if I broke my screen, I would have to get it fixed the next day. I couldn't bear to look at it and a day for a day, let alone for four months. Definitely not me. But again, um, tapping, touching wood here. To make sure I don't my 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 what is it? See the sixteen year run doesn't get broken, and you know what? This same research doesn't come as a surprise. Says that seventy four percent of Australians say our phone should be stronger and should last longer as well. Now the Nokia XR twenty one is made from one hundred percent recycled aluminium. It's been certified. With MIL STD 810H, which is, I think, a shortened shortened code for military-grade durability. And it can withstand a drop from a height of 1.8 metres. So say uh, if you're... That, that's six foot tall. If you have the phone at head height and drop it to the ground, it can withstand the, a drop from that height. Now, on the glass side, now we've talked about smashing screens. The device also has the Corning Gorilla Glass Victus for the display, as well as an impact-proof back cover. So again, they've got your back and they've got your front as well with the screen and the, and the back of the device also. And of course, it can withstand, it's, it's waterproof, of course. It's got, it can be submerged in 1.5 metres of water for up to an hour. But again, this is whether you like, if you're a tradie, perhaps you, this is a good phone for you. If you love the outdoors, you're out there, you're camping, you're doing fishing, you're doing all kinds of stuff. Again, good companion. If you've got a little baby, how many times, and again, I'll ask, is this you? How many times has mum or dad handed off the phone to their child and the child's dropped it and broken it? Not uncommon that one. It is, uh, it it is, it is fairly common for that to happen. So, again, another reason to have a tough phone like the XR twenty one. If your baby has the dropsies, it's not going to bust the phone. So, the, all this, the, the the waterproof, dust proof, drop proof, all the proofs. It is can also, apart from all that, can also withstand the same pressure as 1,450 PSI jet of water. So the same pressure. So at a water temperature of 80 degrees Celsius. Now, I don't know about you, that sounds like you can take the phone into a spa. So those jets of water 
80 degrees, it wouldn't be 80 degrees Celsius, the water in a spa, but jets of water, hello, that, that would be in what would you'd get in a spa as well. So I think uh, it can handle those sorts of things. And other temperatures, it can handle temperatures between minus 20 degrees Celsius up to 55 degrees Celsius. That's quite a range. That's 75 degree range it can handle. Minus 20 up to 55 degrees now, the 55-degree figure is actually one degree short of the hottest temperature recorded on Earth. And where did that happen? In Death Valley in California. Now, the device has a 6.49-inch screen. And another feature, you can use the screen with wet hands and in the rain. Try doing that with an iPhone or another an Android phone. Doesn't really work. Also, the Nokia also works while you're wearing gloves. So it's really got it all, it's got it all covered. Of course, it's got a camera. It's got a dual lens system with AI-powered imaging features, including AI portrait, night mode 2.0, and flash shot. It also has 96 decibel stereo speakers with audio boost mode. So you can easily hear your sounds over even pretty loud background noise. On the battery side, Nokia says it will last for up to two days. A lot, of, a lot of companies promise that, and they get close. But I think in in the case of the XR21, especially if you're away, say camping, you're outdoors, you might not have access to a PowerPoint for a day and a half or two days. So good to know that you, they've got you covered there with a solid battery. Now, what you'll also get, customers will receive four years of monthly security updates three years of OS upgrades as well. Now, the Nokia XR21 comes with a three-year warranty and, get this, one-year screen replacement guarantee. Now, how much do you think you're going to pay for the XR21, which is, by the way, available in two colours, Midnight Black and Pine Green. You can buy it from JB Hi-Fi from mid-May, which is about now, and it's going to be priced... At seven hundred and ninety-nine bucks, which is pretty reasonable considering that it's a tough, uh, a tough device there. So if this is for you, and you want to check it out. It goes on sale mid-May, seven ninety-nine at JB Hi-Fi. But if you want to check it out a little bit closer, you know where you can see that: TechGuide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. What dark web protection are you using? With the increase in recent data breaches and cyber criminal activity, so too is the risk of having your personal information stolen and traded on the dark web, which can lead to identity theft. Identity theft can result in a lot of lost time, money and effort for you. It's time to have a plan. Norton Identity Advisor is your partner in cyber safety. It comes with dedicated restoration support in case of identity theft, along with dark web monitoring and social media monitoring. With Norton Identity Advisor, you have access to their dedicated restoration specialists to help you address your identity fraud claim and recommend a plan to help resolve it and help you get your identity restored. Norton also monitors the dark web for your personal information and notifies you if discovered. Social media monitoring also means you are alerted 
for any potential account takeovers and suspicious spam. Peace of mind with your identity starts here. Norton Identity Advisor is available at Officeworks, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, and online at au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Continuing our smartphone theme of the show, it seems so far, we are talking about the Samsung Galaxy A54 5G. Now, this is a mid-tier smartphone. It's valued, it's priced at $649. So not your entry level, but certainly way below flagship prices. And I've got to say, a very impressive product that feels like a flagship product but doesn't have the flagship price tag. Now, Samsung is not trying to put itself out of business here. They've still got, of course, cheaper phones and more expensive phones. The A54 5G, as I said, great mid-tier device, doesn't have all the features of the S23 and the S23 Ultra, has way more features than the entry-level products. It does strike a nice balance when it comes to features, capabilities, screen quality, camera quality, all the things that we expect from our device, the A54 really ticks all the boxes. In fact, I call it the Goldilocks phone because it's not too expensive. It's not too cheap. It's just right. It's right in the middle. And the, look, when people are looking for a smartphone, this is popular, by the way. I've had a few queries about this device. The A54, which is available in graphite and, and purple, uh, I had the graphite model. This the, the, the things that customers look for, and so you think about whenever someone's going to buy a phone, whether it's a cheap phone, a mid-tier phone, or a flagship phone, these are the four main areas they look at. Number one, design. Number two, camera. Number three, screen, display quality. Number four, battery life. And the A54 5G delivers quite respectably in all of those areas. So let's start with design. It does look pretty simple and clean. I like that. It's sort of, it's minimal, has these nice rounded edges and a glass finish on the back. Looks premium. I, I quite like it. Nice size as well. The nice shape feels good in your hand. The, uh, uh, the volume and power buttons are on the right edge of the phone. SIM card slot on top. Now, the SIM card slot actually has the tray when you pop it out one side, it has the a room for your SIM card. There's no eSIM, by the way, on this phone. It's just a physical SIM card it can take. But the other side of that tray is actually a micro SD card slot. So you can actually expand your memory over what you what you already have on, on the phone. I think it's 128 gig on the phone, but you can put a micro SD card in there and really increase that quite dramatically. So design-wise, I'm liking it. It is... It is a pretty smart-looking product, and it's it's it compared to obviously little little things you'll notice that that makes it that doesn't put it in the same class as the Galaxy S series, right? The S twenty-three series. One thing it doesn't it doesn't have it has slightly thicker bezels around the screen. It's uh, it's the materials it's made of is you're getting these slight little differences. So. There are look for 
I compare it. I compare it to people who we we who, who talk about cars. You're either a car person or you're not. If you're if you're a car person, your cars are really important to you. If you're not a car person, you think, well, this is just something that gets me from A to B. Now, if you're a smartphone person and all these little details, and you want the best of the best, then of course the flagship device is for you. But if you want a device that's going to do everything that a flagship can do. Uh, in reasonable quality, then this is the device to look at. Let's move on, though. Let's talk more about the device itself. It has a 6.4-inch FHD Plus, a full HD Plus Infinity-O Super AMOLED display. Now, the resolution on that is 1080 by 2340. And I've got to say, the screen on this is really impressive. It's bright. It's punchy. It looks amazing. And don't forget, this is a mid-tier device. So again, big tick there. Not only does it look great, it also has 120 hertz refresh rate, up to 120 hertz. It's got a variable refresh rate depending on what you're looking at. And that means not only getting great quality because of the brightness and the colors on the screen, but you're also getting a much smoother experience as well. So if you're playing games, watching a movie, scrolling, you're going to see, you're going to notice the difference with that 120 hertz refresh rate. Under the hood is a 2.4 gigahertz octa-core processor. It's got 6 gig of RAM, 128 gig of onboard memory, and as I mentioned, external storage through the micro SD card slot. Now let's talk cameras. There's three of them, 50 megapixel main camera, 12 megapixel ultra-wide, 5 megapixel macro camera as well. And if you love your selfies, the A54's got you covered. It's got a 32 megapixel front camera. So you're looking your best right there. And the quality of the images, I've got to say, very impressive. Anyone can take good photos in bright light. And of course, A54 does as well. But in low light, it actually punches above its weight. Not quite the same quality as the S23 in those low light situations, but respectable results nonetheless. Pictures we took with the A54 look really bright, nice nice reds, greens, blues, really punchy colors there. And uh, and as I said, we're in low light, the ascent, the onboard sensors can suck in plenty of light in those low light situations. But again, not as good as the S23. That's phenomenal low light photography. This is quite respectable, respectable in its own right. And I, I shared a lot of photos. I, I took plenty, shared them on social media, not one person pulled me up and said, oh, your photos are slightly less quality nowadays. Not one person noticed the difference. So if you're posting just to social media, no one is going to question the quality of your images because they are pretty high quality, not far behind those that you would get on a flagship device. One, one feature we really liked with the camera was uh, called Object Eraser. Now, He's, as its name suggests, it allows you to remove unwanted objects. And in my case, and just getting back to the screen, by the way, I was using this as my daily driver, have been for a while, and I was using it on the golf course. So while I was waiting for the group ahead of us to clear, so I just quickly checked my email. And even at like one o'clock in the afternoon, really bright sunlight, the screen was still very easy to read. While I was on the golf course, took a couple of shots, took a couple of selfies, and uh, selfies with me and my playing partner. And I noticed in one shot, so getting back to the object eraser feature, I noticed in one shot, which was a good shot of the two of us, myself and my great mate Terry Coolitz, uh, 
what I noticed was there was a tree in the background and it appeared to be growing out of the top of my head. So it looked like I had antlers. So what I did, I went in, and you can see this on the story. I went in, circled that little tree behind me, uh, above my hat, and bingo bongo, a second later, the tree's gone. And in its place, in the background, it's just continued the hill and the grass. And it's like if I didn't tell you that that, that it had been had removed that tree, I don't think you would even notice. So big tick for that. Uh, that it, it's, that was quite impressive. And if you're shooting video, the A54 can handle 4K. You can shoot 4K at up to 30 frames per second. So I think bottom line here, the Samsung A54 camera is ain't going to let you down. Whether it's still photos, videos, you're going they're going to look fantastic. Let's talk about another feature that people look for, and that's battery life. Uh, and I've got to say, another big tick here for the battery. It's got a capacity of 5,000 milliamp hours. And as I said, we were using it as our daily driver. We got through a day and a half, not a problem. We still had like 20, 20, about oh, maybe just under 20%, which would have lasted us a few more hours anyway. So almost to two full working days. Now, what you don't have with the A54 is wireless charging. So all the charging has to be done through a USB-C cable. But what it does have, and again, impressive flagship features. Number one, it's got a fingerprint reader in the screen. So an in-screen fingerprint reader, big tick there. It also has NFC, near-field communication. Probably People are probably thinking, how, what do I need that for, Steve? What do I use that for? Well, I'll tell you. If you like using your credit card and tapping your phone, that's what it uses to make those payments, NFC. So you can make payments with your credit cards using your, your phone. So no need to carry around your wallet. If you like having your cards on your device, the A54 5G can help you do that. So the Galaxy A54 5G, it's available now. Two colors. It's the graphite and purple. 649 bucks. That's a special price. It's usually 699, 649 it is at the moment. And I'd say one of the best mid-tier smartphones you can buy. Ticks all the boxes, does everything you needed to do, and all important design, camera, battery life, screen, all taken care of. Excellent. excellent. They work well, offer great, it offers great value. So if you're in the market for a mid-tier phone, go no further than this Samsung A54 5G. You can read our complete review at techguide.com.au. Now, how popular are these portable power stations? Uh, I think I've written about four this year. The latest is from Anker, and that's A-N-K-E-R, not Anker like you have on a ship. Anker. They've released the Powerhouse 767. Reminds you of the aeroplane, doesn't it? 767. little bit of trivia, a little side note here. I played for South Sydney, and my first grade number was 767 as well. So I was the 767th player to play first grade for South. Just thought I'd throw that in there. 767 is the number I, I treasure. And Anchor has decided to use that number, Powerhouse 767, to talk about its latest portable power station. Now, it's also the world's first to incorporate GAN technology. 
So that offers longer battery life and longer lifespan as well. Now, what's GAN, I hear you asking? GAN is short for gallium nitride. So this is a technology that, that, that takes the place of silicon. So gallium nitride offers higher thermal conductivity and lower resistance than silicon. So it takes up less space and performs better. So as a result, more power per charging cycle, less energy lost in the form of heat. So the efficiency of GAN, gallium nitride, is up to 96% compared to the regular industry standard of between 88 and 91%. So what does that mean? More time between charging cycles. And you want that in a power station, don't you reckon? You want to be able to go further, use it longer. Now, this can power up to 10 devices, whether you are out camping off the grid or if you want to power your appliances during a blackout. Under the hood, it's got a 2,048-watt-hour battery with 2,300 watts of AC power, so you can power electronic equipment for days, your appliances, camping gear, power tools, or your mobile device. You can probably charge your phone 58 times with this thing as well. And it's not small either. It's 52.5 centimetres long, 25 centimetres wide, and weighs 30.5 kilograms. But don't be stressed. It does come with wheels and a pull-out handle like your luggage bag, like your bag uh, when you're travelling. So the handle pops out the top, wheels on the bottom, so you can easily swing this thing around and take it with you anywhere. So the the Anchor has uh, a feature, this is their own proprietary technology, by the way, called InfiniPower, which gives the power station more than 10 years of life. So a 10-year lifespan, even if you're using it every single day. So it's rated to hold 100% charge for up to 3,000 charging cycles, which is around six times the industry average. So uh, it, it is... It's built, built to last, this one. It has an industrial-grade electronics components, which can last up to 50,000 hours or six times that of competing products. Now, if you're taking this outdoors and camping and places like that, you want to know it's rugged, and of course it is, thanks to its unibody impact-resistant design. So it's shock-proof and drop-proof and able to handle years and years and years of daily heavy usage. Also has, it's got a smart temperature control, which monitors the temperature of the power station 100 times a second to protect devices that are connected to it and to extend the life of the power station. There are three AC outlets, USB-C 100-watt PD ports, that's power delivery ports, two USB-A ports, and two car charger ports. So there's those 12-volt little ports. And uh, the, look, that's got, your, that's got you covered. Now, I'm going to get this in for review, and I see me using this to power my telescope. So if I want to move my scope away from my... I've got a little astro shed in my back out here, which has got power, so I can easily run a cable there. But if I want to take it away from the shed or away with me somewhere then I can use the Powerhouse 767 to power the mount, the scope, everything that's connected to it, the uh, all the devices connected to it, all powered through the 767. So it can be in the middle of nowhere, and I can still shoot for the stars. 
If you want to check out the Anchor Powerhouse 767, this is a big bulky power station, but it's got wheels, as I said, and a handle, easy to move around. You can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, who doesn't love their coffee? I love my coffee and have to have a couple a day. Jura has just put out a new fully automated coffee machine, the J8 coffee machine. Now, as you'd expect, Jura's machines are like a one-button type of operation here. So if you want to have a latte, you can press the button. It'll not only get the brew ready, grind the beans, but also get the milk ready as well. So it is a, a one-stop one stop shop there. But the new this new model, and in the intro, I called it a sweet new coffee machine because it does have the ability to add flavor to your foam. The J8 has the sweet foam function. So you can add flavor to the milk foam and I think just really take your love of coffee to a whole, in a whole new direction. I would, I'll be, I'm really keen to try this one. So you can adjust the type and amount of syrup to customize the flavor and the strength of it to suit your taste. Now, I, I remember years ago, I used to drink caramel, caramel lattes or caramel macchiatos, I think it's called them at Starbucks. And it did, I think it was, there was syrup in it and it did uh, give a quite a, quite a different taste, of course. This is kind of how you can experiment with this as well. This new feature, you know how there there are the drinks that they trend. The trend lately is the sweet latte. That that's that's a new trend. So imagine now the J8 can do that for you if you want to try that out. And among many other flavors, you can give it a, give it a give it a shot. You get it. Now also on the J8 is a feature called the Coffee Eye. Now this is a smart cup sensor that can detect the position and size of your cup and adapt the type of coffee to suit it. Uh, so it's getting smarter all the time. It also has an advanced grinder that includes an aroma control function. So it monitors the grind consistency because you want, you want the best result each time. And having that, it does ensure that you're getting that high quality. The J8 can also make recommend recommendations for a particular type of coffee's intensity. So at last count, the machine can knock up, can brew 31 different types of coffee with or without milk at the, at the press of its touchscreen button on the front there. Now on the design side, it is pretty slick looking, has a high degree of craftsmanship there, looks, looks like a decent build quality. The machine itself, though, is 31.8 centimetres long, 34.8 centimetres wide, 44.6 centimetres high. So that doesn't sound like it's going to take up too much of your kitchen bench top or wherever you happen to place it. So it's relatively small footprint. Now, this is a coffee machine that doesn't come cheap. Jura is one of the leading brands when it comes to these one-touch coffee machines. Now, it is available at... $3,790. Now, if you do your math, though, I've always, I always re recall this. So if you imagine you drink two coffees a day, let's call that 10 bucks a day, and let's call that 70 bucks a week. So that's seven, that's 280 bucks a month. So if you can do the math here, this is if you're just going to be using the machine to make your coffee, 
this could literally save you thousands of dollars and pay itself off after a year and a half. So yes, we, we it is expensive, but yes, it is amazing. Yes, it's convenient. Yes, one press of a button gets you some a stunning coffee. And now with this new sweet foam function, you can take the your love of coffee in a whole new direction. If you want to take a close look at the J8 coffee machine from Jura, you'll find it at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by Belkin, our good friends at Belkin. Head over to belkin.com forward slash au. Now, if you're in the market for a USB port, you're, you're a USB dock, I should say, they've got boost charging devices too, so you can charge your phone, your, your AirPods and your, and your watch in one device. They've got MagSafe products, mag, magnetic wireless chargers for your car, earphones, you name it, Belkin have got it. Check it out. Check out their range at belkin.com forward slash au. Now, you know I'm a footy fan, and I also hear from a lot of uh, footy fans as well, and one in particular caught my eye, and uh, this gentleman says he's travelling to Europe in the next few weeks, but he doesn't want to miss his footy. He wants to watch the NRL. He wants to watch his team play. He wants to watch State of Origin. And he says he is a Foxtel customer, but Foxtel only works. So you can use the Foxtel app on your device at home. But if you travel overseas, the Foxtel app won't work. So you won't be able to watch his team or State of Origin. won't be able to watch anything like that. So my suggestion, he asked for my advice, and my suggestion is, and this is something I've used myself, is an app or a, and a service called Watch NRL, and it's designed to be used overseas. So you can watch any game that, from whether you're watching the, your weekly the weekly round or State of Origin, whatever happens to be on the grand final final series, everything's included. You can live stream it using Watch NRL. Now you can watch it either through a browser or you can either watch you can watch it on a tablet on your phone on your phone as well so on the browser if you're taking a laptop with you overseas then fire it up and if you've got a tablet you can also use the app as well it works with Google Play and uh, on the App Store no matter what sort of tablet you've got you'll be able to watch uh, the NRL as its name suggests watch NRL now how much does it cost you can pay for a weekly subscription so per week you can pay 24 bucks so say you're away for a month you can pay the monthly subscription, which is $44. Or 
Or if you live overseas and you still want to keep in touch with your footy, it's $229 a year. That's unlimited streams. You can watch every single game. doesn't matter. So weekly, monthly, or 12-month subscription. So depending on how long you're going to go away for. If you're going away for two weeks, I think it'd be worth maybe just springing for the monthly subscription because the one-month subscription at 44 bucks is actually cheaper than two weekly subscriptions. So 24 times 2 is 48 Monthly subscription costs 44 so you're getting four weeks cheaper than the price of two weeks. So it makes sense. And again, if you're doing a longer trip than that, you can just increase your monthly subscriptions. Or if you live overseas, and I know plenty of guys who still love their footy and are living in the US and in Europe, and they subscribe to Watch NRL to keep track of the greatest game of all. And that is the full-time siren for the 550th episode of the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Thank you also for your support. If you've been a listener, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. We hope you get as much out of it, as much as the enjoyment we put into it. And uh, feel free, please, leave us a five-star review on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love to see your uh, and see and read your appreciation. That helps other people discover the show as well. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about on the show, you can find out everything at techguide.com.au. And please feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is info at techguide.com.au or click on the Ask Stephen icon and that will generate an email and I will get back to you ASAP. We also want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Please support the companies that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 